This week's episode of Grunt Work brought to you by the Binford Volcano Master 5000. And replace the 4000. Yeah, well, you know, anything beats the 3000. That one was less of a volcano and more of just a burner on a stove. Yeah, and the 2000 with that class action lawsuit. <laughs> and welcome to Grunt Work, the podcast where we watch every episode of Home Improvement and talk about it. I'm your host, Truman, here with my co-host, Landon. Landon Solano. That's, yep, that's the name. <laughs> don't wear it out, either of us. We'll both not wear it out. Uh, I think we're off to a great start so far, don't you? <laughs> so great. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. No, it's very natural. Truman, it's good to see you, man. It's good to see you, too. It's been a long time. Uh, before we get into it, yeah. I want to wish you happy anniversary. Oh, Yes, it's happy... One month anniversary. One month. Oh my gosh. I've, this is episode five. We've done four episodes already. I didn't I didn't get you anything. Like classic Tim. It feels like a lifetime. I know. You I don't know. need to get me anything. Yeah. Your love did, is wait, enough. Did you, did you make reservations at a fancy restaurant for us tonight? Because I did not get a babysitter. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Yeah. Gosh, one, one month already. How yeah. the time flies. Uh, doesn't it though? Yeah. It feels like just a week. I know it really it really does it really does. Uh, so Landon, yeah, in this in this our 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 fifth episode yes. of Home Improvement, what happened? Give me the rundown. It's been a yeah, month. Yeah, okay. So episode five called the Wild Kingdom. Um, That's good. I did I'll, not. I'm going to throw in a little bit of trivia here. Right oh yeah, at the, right at the outset. That's the place um, for it. It was upon its initial release called Wild Thing. Uh, after the the Trogs song, yeah. Um, but I don't have the information as to why the name was changed. But it's now called Wild Kingdom, hmm. uh, and it has been since its initial release. So as a dark story, there I'm sure <laughs> definitely definitely not just yeah. a rights concern or a typo. Uh, isn't there like a, a Disney Disney's Wild Kingdom? Isn't that like one of the resorts or something? Maybe there's oh, some sort yeah. of weird there was promotional subversiveness. Wasn't there it. wasn't there also a Disney's Wild America? Didn't that have Jonathan Taylor Thomas in it? Or if I just got JTT on the brain, you've got the JTT brain, man. Yeah, well, that's the kind of brain that I want to have. That's a, <laughs> my brain. My brain was very popular for a little while and then fell out of favor. And yet you keep calling him. Joe Justin. Do I keep calling him Justin? Well, because Justin is almost Jonathan. Also, the one, the one I'm calling, the one in my head when I'm saying Justin, I'm yeah. thinking of Brad, oh, Brad with the mullet. Because okay. because Justin is a mullety name, let's be honest. And I want to apologize. I want to apologize to all the Justins listening to this. I have uh, a cousin named Justin who I love dearly, but he does have a mullet. Okay, so I think that, that correlation equals causation. Uh, I'm right. Um... So anyway, yeah, this, this week, yeah, so, this, so we've synopsis. gotten through the title of the episode. <laughs> um, okay, what happened this week? That's yeah. your job. Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, okay, uh, dramatic pause. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry <laughs> that I fucked up. We're never going to make it to a second month anniversary. <laughs> it's all good. We're breaking up after this. Uh, okay, so we start, Jill is cold. Oh. She's chilly. Typical. She, uh, she asks Tim to check the furnace in the basement, uh, which he begrudgingly... Decides to do, um, but before he can get down there, Brad and Randy come home from somewhere. I don't know if it was school or... I, he, um, he tosses his Jansport onto a, yeah, onto a seat. Uh, anyhow, they had just encountered some sort of poor man's tarot card reading, <laughs> and uh, they come back with this trick that they want to show their parents. So uh, Randy deals out Tim's future from a playing card deck out of a typical 52-card deck, and Tim gets the Ace of Spades, otherwise known as the Death Card. 
What, by the way, mm-hmm. I had not known the Ace of Spades was the death card. What? Was, is this, was this common knowledge? Yeah. Is this a Michigan uh, thing it's, again? Well, it's not a Michigan thing, no, but it's maybe... Um, I don't know. I, at first, I thought it was the, the Wild Bill Hickok, uh, but that's the Dead Man's Hand, which is, what, like 7-2 and two or something like that? I, I do not play poker, so oh. I couldn't really tell you. <laughs> it's just like you haven't seen any other shows besides Home Improvement. Yeah, right. I have not done any other activities besides watch TV, so... <laughs> well, you watch Deadwood. Well, yes, actually, I do. Yeah, so I, I don't, I don't know what my excuse well, is. Well, I guess that would be the dead man's hand that doesn't exempt you from the the death card, which is the ace of spades. I, yeah, doesn't matter. Uh, they they deal it to Tim, and then they start poking fun at it, like you're gonna die, you're gonna die, and they start uh, playing on his fears or whatever. They they just cracking jokes about their beloved father dying. So the three of them, Tim, Brad, and Randy, go down to the basement to check the furnace, uh, and they hear what Tim thinks is a mouse. Um, there's a some comedic stuff that happens down there, but uh, shortly after, Randy finds a snake skin, not a mouse, uh, but a snake, which happens to be Tim's biggest fear. Just like Indiana Jones. Just like Indiana Jones. Uh, so he calls in his exterminator, but the exterminator doesn't find anything. Meanwhile, Mark has his, uh, was it Boy Scouts? Some sort of Cub troop, Scouts. Cub Scout troop yeah. uh, meeting at the house, and they decide they want to order a pizza. And while Tim's on the phone ordering the pizza, the the snake rears its uh, slithering little head out of a light fixture, <laughs> without unbeknownst to Tim. Uh, and Tim, who is just adamantly not looking in that direction, he's yes. looking everywhere but that direction. <laughs> um, the exterminator happens to be like an hour away, so they have to take care of the snake problem themselves. And hilarity ensues. Yes, as it so often does yeah, around the that's Taylor household. The the short and long of it. Yes, that's the that's the uh, well, the sh- long like a snake. Nope, not a joke. <laughs> no, nope, my banter needs work. I appreciate that you were going for something. Well, I I appreciate that I started talking before I had it really formulated in my head. I think Welcome that's to my life. I, <laughs> good thing we're recording it. Um. I, I enjoyed this episode. This was yeah. this was fun. This was a a brisk bounce back from last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had had okay. Well, I think the first thing we need to address uh, last week. Yeah. Um. I was I was a bad boy. I was Uh-oh. deficient. I was what negligent. Happened? I neglected to update you on the grunt count. Oh yes, which was yes. Uh, in in last week's episode. There were uh, nine grunts oh, bringing us. Pretty low, yes. For which, a pretty slow episode. Yeah, for yeah, mm. just not a lot, not a lot of grunting, yeah. not a lot of action. But so that had our, our series grunt total at fifty one. And just to remind people, that's only Tim's grunts, not yes. the periphery grunts. Yes, marketing other people. Yeah, Mark if, seems to be the dominant other grunter in the series at the moment. Yeah, I'd say in the grunt power rankings. I mean, Tim obviously is the runaway lead, but then it goes <laughs> Mark, uh, the other two boys, and then the audience on Tool Time. Jill had a few. Yeah, Jill had like. some grunts. Listen, if you if, if you guys at home uh, want to keep track of the other characters' grunts, <laughs> please start your own uh, home improvement start podcast. Your own goddamn podcast. Yeah, seriously. And just, just call it the other grunt cast or something. <laughs> uh, point is, this episode... Uh, 30, count them, three wow. zero grunts. Holy cow, Bring astronomical, it, making up for last week. By far. Yeah. So now we're up to 81 grunts for the entire series, only five episodes in. Wow. I'm impressed by that number. 81 within five episodes. Yeah. Wow, because, that is like a... Yeah. And it, it doesn't feel hackneyed, really. 
It it doesn't. No, it definitely felt like there was a little hesitation in your voice there. It maybe does feel. <laughs> I, I don't know if hackneyed is the word that I'd use, but in this episode, it was almost as though someone said, "Hey, man, we we like grunting is is Tim Allen's we thing." We hired you to grunt, goddamn it. Yeah, yeah. Start grunting. We're paying. We're paying you. We're like we're paying you a, a special premium to do your grunting, and there's just not enough of it. Maybe Tim doesn't. Maybe Tim at this point was like, "Guys, can yeah. we minimize the grunting?" I'm yeah, trying Tim to. Yeah, Tim was like, maybe it was a contract dispute where he's like trying to get a certain amount of money per grunt yeah. and they didn't meet it and now he's like disgruntled about it just silence silence but, I but respect right out there but for respect you. You i know nothing with it. i didn't want to do anything with it because i just i didn't it didn't it you know what typically i th- i think so landon it was good i just i just i can't i can't handle the fact that i let a dad joke slip by fair uh, so yeah, eighty-one grunts so far. Wow. So this ep- this episode was grunt heavy, and mm-hmm. all, all of those grunts, though, virtually all of them, come in a scene where where Tim kind of uh, puts forth the the moral of this episode. I think what right. makes this episode good is that it was all about kind of one idea, which is. Yeah overcoming your fears by making an ugly face and grunting at them. (laughs) And I don't know how solid that is for, like, life advice to grunt at your fears, but for home improvement life advice, I think it's pretty good. I'm going to try that. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The next uh, girl that I'm afraid to talk to, I'm just going to grunt in her face and see if... uh... I have any positive results. Yeah, no, the next time I'm lying in bed thinking about my inevitable death, I'm just going to start grunting <laughs> at the ceiling. And Oh my God, we have, that touches on something that I, we have to talk about in this episode, but yeah. we're getting a little ahead yeah, of ourselves. Yeah, way, way to the, let's just back, yeah, back to the start. Let's unpack this thing, Start man. at the very beginning. Actually, starting at the absolute beginning, let's, we need to have a little chat about the opening credits. And I think we're oh going to God, chat about them a lot. We've never talked about the theme song. How have we never talked about this theme song? I don't Five know. Five episodes in. I, I was saving it. I, honestly, we were saving it for a slow episode. This is not a no, slow we episode. we talked about it at length uh, in the last episode. Well, we had to talk about your Playboy file cabinet oh. last time. <laughs> uh, so so I would. Uh, this is just my one comment on the opening credits yeah. so far. I have many, but I'm gonna. this is the one I'll do today. Is it about the jazz flute? It's not about the jazz flute, although that is that is great. Yeah. I'd forgotten the jazz flute before we started. I, I knew the gist of the theme before we came back and started watching right, these episodes, yeah. but I'd forgotten that the flute was there. The, the thing I want to say is the kids in the opening credits are so much younger already than they are in the episodes mm, mm-hmm. that it is noticeable. I'm look- yeah. I, I don't know what the gap was between shooting the, the, the scenes of the kids running in circles for the opening credits and then right. them actually being there. But they it was have, about five years. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They grow up so they fast. They filmed it in 1986. Yeah. <laughs> and then they put the kids in, in cryogenic freezing tubes like an alien for, yeah. for like easily 4.7 years and then, <laughs> and then thawed them, them out. Age that that last point three years, <laughs> and and it's, and when they say they don't make them like they used to in reference to TV, this is exactly what they mean. They don't they don't shoot the opening credits they and then put a, put a like a good four year hold on it. Yeah, there's something there's like an art to the '90s theme song because yeah. you know even into the '80s you've got that pretty stereotypical um, clip where they do something silly and then the name you know appears underneath them or yeah. even you know the the turn and look at the camera with a like a uh, oh god it's this is a visual reference it's not going to work on a podcast no 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 man no know, do like, it do it paint word pictures you know trying to hang a picture or something and it falls down and hits your foot and you turn and you're like yeah. well, starring Landon Solano yeah and doing a little shrug to the camera like a classic bond mod yeah, yeah exactly 
Well, the, these, these, and also compared to say, I don't know, uh, Full House or Family Matters, these opening credits yeah. are more abstract and representational, yeah. I'd say, than the other ones. I mean, they've got this weird kind of overlay, it's like a mixed media thing. It, I kind of dig it. Yeah. yeah, I could, I could almost picture in the same art museum where they have Tim's neckties, they would also have this playing on <laughs> yeah. like an uh, on a video monitor. Right. Yeah, mixed media um, installation. Yeah, I, I was taken aback. You know, this theme song is burned into my brain. Of course. Uh, but I was really kind of taken aback at how rocky, like, um, rock and roll-ish that this is. Because I think in later seasons, they do updated versions of the song, and it's a lot less, like, guitar-heavy. Yeah. This one's like... <laughs> and uh, the, the later ones really kind of... Um, use the, the jazz flute as the backbone, I think. Yeah, they kind of rein it in, going more of a Santana direction with it. <laughs> um, okay, but we, we could talk about the opening credits all day, and then yeah. we'd still have we a whole episode. Will. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's going to happen anyway. Yeah. Uh, we open with Tim watching another episode of Tool Time. Yet another classic which, episode. Yeah, a line taken directly from the pilot, which is... Uh, this is destined to become a classic. There are they're already ripping off themselves, and he's watching an episode that he's <laughs> or watched three times. A character. Yeah, well, also that. Yeah. yeah, and that and do we even see Al? This is the closest we no. get to a glimpse of Al. Yeah, unfortunately, Al and Lisa. I think they both they're both credited for this episode. Whether or not they're in that little. Uh, archived footage at the beginning i i can't remember but uh we'll have to freeze frame it and get a get still but yeah yeah we'll go back for a second and third watch of this episode <laughs> after we record Th- those 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 supplemental watches are just for us and for yeah. our own edification not for the podcast well, so he's saying this is destined to become a classic and he's watching his own show where do you what what do you think this is saying about tim I mean, it's saying that Tim has a pretty high opinion of his of his home improvement TV show when, as he shows in this same episode, he still doesn't really know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, he's an excellent showman. He's yeah. great at that. So maybe well, he... yeah. Let me pose this to you. Yeah. Do you think he knows it's destined to become a classic because he's aware of his um, kind of uh, ineptitude comic appeal on tool time like he he recognizes why people like the show well or do you think he's delusional and like thinking this is destined to become a classic because i'm an expert at everything well i I don't know i think well in the last episode everyone was telling him how funny he was so if we assume that tim is remembering things from one episode to the next maybe he's kind of bolstered himself knowing that rondall thinks he's so funny (laughs) rondall who i'm surprised he didn't make an appearance in this episode but i'm sure he'll be back yeah uh, I, yeah, I, I think I think that I think that Tim I think Tim has a lot of faith in his own charisma, honestly. Okay. Because, so it's not a it's more of a delusional thing and less of a maybe delusional is even a little little uh, extreme. But like he's not when someone says he's funny, he thinks it's funny because he's funny, not funny because you keep screwing up. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Right. I I think uh, yeah, if anything, Tim is most delusional when he is trying to improve his home. Which in a way is still sad because that's the thing he's supposed to be best at. But we're going to keep hitting that note for the yeah. next eight seasons. That's so true. buckle up and get ready. <laughs> so, yeah. So Jill is cold. Yeah. Uh, she's wearing a, a Snuggie-esque turtleneck. Yeah. And uh, the Cub Scouts are coming over and they and they need to have the pilot light lit. And mm-hmm. so she dispatches... Actually, well, no. I, I guess we're getting... So the boys come in. They've got the cards. 
uh, and they yeah, do that card Brad trick. And come in with yeah, the, yeah, with the deck of cards and their newfound tarot knowledge. Yeah, well, but it's not tarot though. It's, it's just like a, tarot, it's just a right? deck. It's a deck of fifty two. Yeah, was tarot not was tarot not big in the nineties? Were people not into that that particular I think brand of bullshit? Been, <laughs> for the people that are into tarot, tarot's been big Forever. since tarot's been a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's ever been big amongst middle schoolers, if that's what the question is. Yeah. Like, I, there was never a tarot phase that went through my high school or middle school. Well, speaking of, so speaking then of middle schoolers, Brad and Randy, yeah. they go down to the basement with Tim yeah. to, to light the pilot. Tim is going to light the pilot. He tries to explain to them about the... Well, first, yeah, you missed the first, uh, the first of many, 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 many... Uh, head injuries as he's hitting oh, his yeah. head on a pipe going down the stairs. Yeah. D- d- two times or three? Uh, well, I want to pose that question to you. Yeah. So he, the very first time they're going into the basement, which is the first time we see the basement set. Yeah, I know. Big, big moment. He cranks his head on this pipe that's hanging over the stairway. Yeah. It's like a low-hanging pipe, and he doesn't see it and mm-hmm. clocks his head. Uh, then when he lights the pilot light, which you know we'll come back to, but he goes back upstairs to... Or uh, back up... Not all the way up the stairs, but like halfway up past the pipe to say, hey, Jill, turn, uh, try the heat now. Yeah. And then when he turns back around, he hits his head again. Yeah. Before we exit that scene entirely, he goes up the stairs past the pipe, but doesn't go upstairs, and we cut away. My question to you is, do you think he hit his head again without the audience seeing it, just in the, the reality of... Home improvement. Oh, oh yeah, he hit his head. C- certainly, he hit his head a third time because he when he comes back upstairs in yeah. the next scene, he's like I don't know, he, he's like flinging something away with his hand or something. And I was thinking, how did he hurt himself while he was off camera that we didn't see? <laughs> but that's a missed opportunity. I feel like to hear like a, a clink and a oh like off screen. Yeah, that would have been a like rule of three good moment to hit well th- th- and that's that's kind of the, the deeper question if if tim hurts himself in a forest and no one is around <laughs> to to do a laugh track for it did it really happen i yeah you know if t- like like tim allen right yeah. now could be like falling down a flight of stairs but nobody sees it does that does that count as a thing that happened yeah, to him right yeah. yeah well this also plays into uh this wilson thing later but we'll come back to that still still we're we're, give, we're tossing out so many previews of what's going to happen I later know. in this episode so many empty promises yeah no, that's that was our alternate title for this podcast actually <laughs> uh so they're they tim hits his head a bunch of times they're yep. down there he tries to explain to the kids what the binford volcano master 5000 is mm-hmm. and what it does and how it works and he just he he tries to he he doesn't know what what BTUs stand for. He right. claims that T stands for heat because heat yeah. ends in T. Do you know what BTU stands no. for? No, God no. What they guess? Mm, uh, B, um, <laughs> Binford. Wait, no, that's that's <laughs> that's what Tim guessed. That's what Tim guessed. Well, of course, that's I heard it from the expert. <laughs> oh man, uh, butane t- topical units. It, you got one of three units. Uh, well, sing- singular. Oh. Uh, it is British thermal unit. Okay, no one could guess that. That British thermal... What do the British know about warmth? They're known internationally <laughs> for being cold and distant. Sorry, England. Well, if you're going to be in a country that has however much rain that they have, I would assume that 
They're probably furnace experts. I, I guess, but I mean, they're. I mean, why not? Why not Michigan thermal units? Why not Oregon thermal units? There's lots of places that are cold and rainy. I don't know why England gets to be the the master of all heat. They, they are much older than we are. I feel like that's honestly a joke that's missed there. One of the boys could be like, "Dad, it stands for British thermal units," and then Tim can yeah. go on a whole tirade about, "Well, the English don't know what they're talking about, kids." Right. Well, I feel like later when Randy gets his like super intelligence, that's a <laughs> time that he would. Uh, um, mention it, but at this point, he's still kind of a rascally young kid. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I don't remember the super intelligence. Is that when oh, he? Man. That's the episode where they think he has cancer, but then they put like a microchip in his brain, and he becomes the bionic. That's exactly the yeah. bionic. Well, Randy. it's more of a flowers for Algernon scenario. Oh, so they go down there to light the pilot. <laughs> yeah. Tim fails to explain it. He's trying. He's trying to light the pilot, and uh, and Brad and Randy have this reaction. They're expecting the pile, the uh, the furnace to explode, yeah. and they do what is also my favorite moment of the episode, where Brad says to Randy, "Open your mouth so that when the furnace explodes, the shockwave doesn't make your head blow up." Yeah, <laughs> which is, and so then they both open their mouths wide, yeah. while, while just standing there watching really, their really dad. Really funny. It was like, a good moment for for both of the the yeah. youngsters. I feel like. Oh, really good. I, I feel like. Oh this, my god, how fucking old I, am I? I, I know, man. <laughs> the dumb. Dumb whippersnappers. Yeah. Care, careful how far back you're going in that rocking chair. There, you're gonna be. You might spill your your chamomile tea. Uh, so they're. So they both open their. <laughs> oh God! Do you want to just unwrap all your little peppermints right now too? Uh, and and is your cardigan? Are you okay with that? Just. It's oh, a little man. cold in here. Could you go check the furnace in the basement? Well, okay. Just open your mouth while we're looping around in on ourselves, just like the show. And the snake. Uh, oh wow! Oh, eating we we the show food. is eating its tail. <laughs> no, they know there's a snake. We did the synopsis. Oh, that's right. We did the synopsis. Uh, so they go down. They they uh, they so both. Oh, so they're both standing there with their mouths open because yeah. they're expecting a shockwave to come. I just don't know how these two middle schoolers know to do this. Yeah. I mean, where what? Cl- they don't have the internet, and even then, I had the internet as a middle schooler. I didn't know to open your mouth during an explosion so your I, head doesn't explode. As a non-parent, I. Thinking just back on my own youth, I can imagine there are times when your kid comes home, especially in like middle school, um, when they learn something new in science that mm-hmm. you've forgotten decades ago. Yeah. And they bring it up and they s- probably seem like a super genius because they know this thing that they are also going to forget in 20 years. <laughs> uh, but just because they happen to learn about it that day is, you know they find a reason to to work it into something. Okay. Okay. That, so, that's my guess. So they've got some they've got some uh, jaded Vietnam vet science teacher who's telling them about <laughs> yeah. how, you know, if the shells are coming in, you want to open your mouth. <laughs> yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, so so yeah, they're they're down there very they hear noises rustling There's a little, little scruffling yeah. in the corner. Yeah. Behind a bunch of uh, like packed up boxes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Tim attributes it to first a jaguar and then a mouse, but then... Yeah, he tries to scare the kids because they were, you know, trying to, you know, goof on him with the, the death card. And he's like, oh, well, the, I heard that a, a panther escaped from the zoo. I hope it's not that. And in that moment, uh, I don't know if you noticed, Brad um, delivers his line with, like, genuine terror. Really? His, like, voice trembles when he's like, what do you think it is? <laughs> and I'm like, first of all... Good on I mean, like, he was able to deliver something. Method acting, but yeah. kind of misread the moment. It was like, 
you don't need to be that terrified in that moment. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think what you're trying to say is that again, JTT is the strongest performer. It's you know, it's it's Brad is playing it too well, we high. We haven't talked about Mark yet. How? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mark functioning. I think they put blue contacts into Mark's already blue eyes and then dyed his already blonde hair blonder to just make him. He seemed to be at at peak cuteness in this episode, and it's I think true. he's been at peak cuteness in every yeah. episode. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with you. Yeah. Um, and we'll get to that. I because at the end of this episode, when he, well, we'll just say it now. Wait, at the end of this episode, when he's coming out to say goodnight, and he he made this little badge, uh, for Tim and uh for his bravery that was in the shape of a snake, and he was like, "You were really brave today. I made you this thing. Oh my god, it broke my heart. Like I don't want kids." But in that moment, I felt what my mom feels when she's like, I wish you'd never grown up. <laughs> what happened to that cute little kid? Landon, if I make you a podcasting merit badge, will that bring some of that joy into your life that you're looking for? Uh, it might. Yeah. Yeah, I need it. Yeah. Oh, well, man, that's... Don't don't count on me doing that because this is, of course, the unfulfilled promises podcast. That's right. Uh, I'll, I can I can be the sort of uh, abusive, neglectful father you never had. <laughs> uh. So, so we go, yeah, well, okay, so, so what else, I mean, did anything else jump out at you in the basement aside from mice or snakes or jaguars? No, no, <laughs> not in the basement. Yeah. Uh, they go back upstairs and um, this is where, well, first of all, he's, he tells Jill, I think we need to unpack this a little bit, when he sure. goes upstairs and tells Jill that uh, there's a mouse in the house. Mm -hmm. Her reaction, what do you got? <sighs> My so yeah, Jill's reaction. He tells Jill that they, that they have a mouse, and her reaction is to jump up onto a table, and on all of the furniture. Very, very quintessential housewife reaction to a yeah. mouse in the house, and it, which just kind of undoes all of the. Well, I don't know that it undoes it, but it certainly works against all the other sassy, street smart yeah. Jill work that we've had up until now. Yeah, it, it did feel a little, little cheap um, to kind of fall back on such a. a True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we did in in her jumping from piece of furniture to piece of furniture, we got to see some wicked stirrup pants. Oh yeah, which I yeah. haven't seen probably since nineteen ninety three. Yeah, well, what that that at least as much of her legs as were visible underneath that extremely long dress like sweater she's wearing <laughs> the, the big purple turtleneck. It, it's it, a lot like Velma on Scooby Doo, yeah, who almost. wears that that sweater that is a dress. Yeah, instead of orange, it's purple. Yeah, yeah, or, or purple is the new orange in the nineties. Uh, <laughs> that actually might hold water. I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and look, and I, I'm, I am scared of mice. I've lived in places before that have had mice in them. Uh, I don't, and I all, all of the complaints that Jill voices about, oh, they, they eat, they eat garbage, and they, and they track in disease, and they're filthy, and they got these yeah. scrabbly little toes. Yeah, that's, that's all creepy and scary. And I behave in irrational ways when I think there's a mouse around. I once tore apart a shoebox and taped all of the pieces of cardboard to the bottom of the door of my college bedroom <laughs> to serve as a crude uh, door sweep to keep the mice from getting in. Um, you know what? When I was a kid, when I heard that rumor that you eat uh, five spiders in your sleep a year, ugh. I I definitely taped my mouth shut that night. Wow. I used scotch tape and put it over my mouth. Uh, <laughs> Checkmate, spiders. <laughs> yeah, Take that. all of maybe ten minutes. I don't even think I fell asleep with it on. Oh. <laughs> Wait, so, so what, what was that like? How, do, how You were just like, well, I guess I gotta let the spiders in. This is just untenable. <laughs> I wish I could put myself back in that mindset, but 
I think maybe my thought was, I'll just, you know what? I, I'm having a realization right now. Yeah. I When I sleep at night, I am a nose breather, not a mouth breather. And I'm wondering if it all started with that moment where it was like, yeah, um, I cannot sleep with my mouth open because a spider will crawl into it. Uh, I need to take my mouth shut, but I can't. So I'm just going to keep it closed and breathe through my nose. Yeah. Maybe that's where, where my life started. The, 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 my the, sleeping life. The, uh, of course, the downside to that is that you inhale twice as many spiders that way. So you're, if you, when you blow your nose, it's just spider legs what's and the, God what's knows. What's the logic on that? That you have two nostrils, so there's twice yeah, as many yeah, opportunities? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sp- <laughs> right. I think spiders are more inclined to go for the nose. It's like a, it's like a darker, more crevassy space. All right, yeah. Yeah. So t- you got to tape your nose and your mouth shut. To uh, avoid getting uh, consuming spiders, breathe through the pores in my head. Yeah, and this and this is how all of our listeners uh, suffocate tonight after taking our <laughs> yeah, advice. Do not try this at home. Yeah, or do you know what? I, I'm yeah. not your father. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So they, the, uh, Tim tells Jill that there's a mouse and there's some banter about the she mouse. But then uh, he goes outside to talk to Wilson to get yes, advice for what to do about the mouse. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So, so this talk with Wilson, Wilson reveals something fascinating about his worldview that yeah. really throws a lot of our stuff into well, question. Well, a little bit of context here. Tim is mentioning that there might be a snake in the house, and he gets all creeped out and admits that... Well, Wilson mentions that, like, uh, Tim says, like, oh, oh there might it, be a yeah, mouse. Right, right. And then Wilson kind of takes it like just based on the descriptions of the sounds that Tim heard in the basement Wilson is able to ascertain well, that it's a snake yeah I should have specified that first he said that Jill was freaking out and he's like why is she afraid of just a little mouse mm-hmm. uh, and then Wilson's like everybody's afraid of something and Tim uh, explains you know the thing that you just said where you know and then Wilson ascertains that it's a snake not a mouse and Tim freaks out and then he asks Wilson what are you afraid of <sighs> Yes. And I love this. Yeah. Uh, do, do you want to do go, it? No, you go ahead. Uh, so Wilson says, well, Tim, I'm afraid that our reality is someone else's dream. And when that person wakes up, I will cease to exist. And so for one thing, I, I mean, I re- I've read more and more lately about this theory that our entire world is a simulation. Yeah, the Elon Musk. Uh... Yeah. So this, this, of course, introduces the Wilson is Elon Musk theory. <laughs> Uh, or Elon Musk's father. Oh wow, that that could make sense. But sorry, no, 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 no. I have no, okay. I have more. I no, think no. That this actually piggybacks. It's more evidence for Wilson's God. Okay, tell me not why. To, not to force this. I'm not trying to ham fist. You're, you're, you're not trying to force your religion on me. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm gonna develop the religion of Wilson at, by the end of this thing. But um, if he was God, he would fear this exact thing because the second that stop people stop. Believing in him, he loses his existence. That's very compelling. That's very good. So, so really, I mean, Wilson is scared of of uh, people being enlightened and just losing his. As soon as they cease to believe in him, he ceases to be. Exactly. Yeah. So he's either God or Tinkerbell. <laughs> so yeah, everyone in the studio audience has to clap in order for uh, for for Wilson to continue <laughs> maybe, existing. Maybe this is the like the the unspoken bond between Tim. And Wilson is like Tim has this television show in which he gets people to clap all the time to keep 
Wilson alive. This is really unraveling quickly, as well, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it's not just like any old applause anywhere keeps Tinkerbell alive. <laughs> That's not really like 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 people. A bunch of people applauding at like a strip club in Tijuana doesn't mean that Tinkerbell is going to be fine if nobody in the audience at Peter Pan claps. <laughs> that would be a great loophole, though. I mean, that really should be the way that it works. It yeah. takes the pressure off of you if you don't feel like clapping. <laughs> That's very true. I'm 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 not a clapper. Yeah. Perfectly honest. Okay. Okay. You 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 are very dull at live shows and and comedy and everything <laughs> I sit else. Sit there straight face with my arm. That that applause me. sign is yeah. challenging you, and you're like, "Don't tell me what to do." Yeah. When I go see live comedy, I just when I like something, I go, "This is funny." Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. Uh, I can relate. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, no, I think, I think Wilson gives some, some good, uh, well, he also says, in talking about why, so, so, Tim voices his opposition to snakes, Tim is anti-snake, yes. and Wilson comes out as very pro-snake, uh, because they're, they're so, uh, clean, and, and, and they, uh, maintain themselves well, and also, quote, snakes have a firm, nutty-tasting flesh. So this is <laughs> Wilson, who has already eaten squirrels, yes. who eats snakes, yeah. Does Wilson eat anything that is traditionally considered edible? This is a good question. Why, like, so why is why is I, God eating things that we consider roadkill normally? Well, you sounded like Wilson when you said that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I feel like if I were God, uh, I would. Want, I, I feel like God sometimes too. <laughs> I, I think that there might be a a dark undercurrent. In wanting to taste my creations. <laughs> Just I, going like, no, I fucked up on that. That tastes exactly like chicken. I gotta try again. So basically, creation seasoned to taste. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he had to go... He started with chicken, created half of the, the animal kingdom, and then got to beef. He's like, finally... I got it. This is it. Yeah, and then he. And so then cows were the last animals he made. Yeah, maybe, maybe pigs because they have bacon. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah. So he. So he did. He did beef, and he was like, "How do I improve slightly on this?" Yeah. Um. Also, okay. Well, this whole episode, this concept of a snake in the house in the winter in Michigan, are mm. are snakes? Well, it wasn't winter yet. Well, but has, we haven't even got to Halloween. Yeah, but Jill is cold. So okay, fall. Women. Yeah. <laughs> it's clearly it's clearly an autumny time of year. The yeah, kids are back she, in school. She's wearing the turtleneck. Yeah. In school. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's definitely like I, I would guess early October. Snakes in Michigan, though, is mm -hmm. that a thing? Is there a snake problem? There, there are snakes in Michigan. Yeah. Uh, How many times do they get in, into your house? In the Twice a week. Four years that I lived there. Um, I don't know that we ever had one in the house. We definitely had more squirrels in the house than snakes. Well, that's why that's why you got to eat them. Um, but I don't think we ever had a snake in the house. We definitely I've had encounters with snakes, but uh, definitely not crawling through light fixtures. What were they? Were they in the woods? Yeah, like there was one time, uh, probably around Brad and Randy's age, where I was playing in a. Um, some sort of pool in the backyard, maybe like a kiddie pool. I'm probably a little too old to be playing in a kiddie pool at that age. But anyhow, it was just, we were, me and my friend, and we were unattended. And as we were fucking around, uh, I like did one of these almost downward dog motions <laughs> and came up at the like edge of the pool, 
Um, oh, did I say this was a kiddie pool? I meant this was an Olympic size. An Olympic sized pool. Uh, it's probably too old to be in an Olympic sized pool. Uh, anyhow, I did this like weird motion, and as soon as I came up, my head came up over the edge of the the thing. There was a snake, like in my memory, it was like in cobra position, yeah, upright, ready to strike down, and yeah. I freaked out. And it and it screamed at you, and you screamed at it. Yeah, and, we had an ET moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Also, maybe worth mentioning that this the snake in this episode is a California uh, king snake, which is definitely not in Michigan. What? Really? <laughs> Almost as though this show was shot somewhere other than the Midwest. <laughs> this show was not actually shot in Detroit. We, we're going to have to do more research on wherever they would have filmed it. <laughs> uh so yeah, so they're 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 out there. He has this conversation with Wilson and and our our are kicking us to the first commercial is uh randy announcing that he found a snake skin the snake skin yeah and tim freaks out it's kind of a fun moment yeah it comes up behind tim holding this holding this thing and then to go to commercial we get a uh we get uh probably our first truly weird home improvement transition yeah we're not quite there yet to the where like the they're known for their famous like Yeah, well, that's my verbal equivalent of what happens. That, that's that's <laughs> what that, that's what a weird transition sounds like. Uh, well, well, yeah, I mean, uh, but I think by the end of the show, the transitions take up fully a third of every episode. I mean, yeah. like the the an- animated walking house that comes through and kicks the screen aside to the next right, scene yeah. is is practically its own character. Well, here's a question for you: Do you think that this was? Uh, a creative decision by the creative team, like, or mandated on the editors? Or do you think there was, like, one lone editor was like, I got an idea. I just want to try something here. I don't know why I made him Texan, but... I, well, that, that's cool. <laughs> he's, 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 he's a rogue. He's a lone star type. He's, a, he's yeah, like the guy in Doctor Strangelove. He's just yeah. riding that editing bay down to the <laughs> down into Russia. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, because this, the, this, this transition, it's like, if you know, like, an iris out in a movie where... Mm. where the kind of darkness comes in from around the corners of the screen and closes in around a single point and right. then envelops everything. This is like darkness comes down from the top and bottom, but in a wiggly snake pattern until it, it closes the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I, like so, a snake is kind of uh, squirming across the screen. I, I feel like this is such a an advancement in transition technology and editing technology <laughs> that I think yeah. I think there had to be an order from on high. I don't mm. think that I don't think that this was just one rogue we got editor. Those damn expensive editing. Yeah. <laughs> better put them to good goddamn use. L- listen, we got to have a- everyone in this company is. I, <laughs> that's that's where they shot the show. <laughs> God dang it, y'all! We need to have transitions that are cutting edge. <laughs> How else we're going to compete with the Seinfeld? <laughs> Um, they got that slap bass and that Kramer. What are we going to do? And now we have no more Southern listeners. Uh, so come back from the commercial. The exterminator has arrived. Who? That exterminator looks really familiar to me. You who, didn't, you weren't, you didn't recognize him off the bat? No, no. Who is he? Oh my God. It's, it's Steven Root. Steven Root. Oh my God. Speaking of Texans, King of the Hill. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Everything that Mike Judge has done. I don't know about everything, but most no, things that more or less. Mike Judge has done uh office space obviously yeah uh news radio yeah um i mean he countless he's an amazing character actor one of those like he's like one of the quintessential that guy yeah which you obviously I, had that moment so so how quintessential really was it yeah. uh well i just but you you had the moment of like i know him i i recognized him i just don't recognize cuz he wasn't being zany and weird like why do you yeah. get steven root to do a thing 
It's like if it's like if you had you know if you hired William H Macy to just be like <laughs> a background actor in one scene or yeah. something. Well, I don't know. Maybe they didn't know. Well, compare Stephen Root's performance as a bit player to Sir Larry, who's you know over the top and you know he had like some pathos to the character. He like he was an exterminator. He he had he was an expert. Yeah. I you know I would have liked just it. Delivering lines. I would have liked it better if the guy who played Sir Larry had played the exterminator and Stephen Root had played the clumsy bumbling musician. Oh my god, magician! That would be. Well, I think we just need to write a whole new series just for Stephen Root to play a magician. Yeah, actually, I think that's that's the one. Kind of kind of like a little bit of Milton and a little bit of Bill Dotrieve. <laughs> yeah, and he's just this sad sack uh, birthday party magician. Yeah, yeah, and that might be a little too basketsy. Yeah, probably but we so. Can make it different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can we can vary it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, Stephen Root, get in touch with us. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you're listening. <laughs> uh, he's probably got a Google alert set for whenever someone <laughs> on the podcast mentions his name. Uh, okay, so Stephen Root, the exterminator. That's yeah. great. So Stephen Root fails to root out the snake. He can't find the snake, but yeah. he finds evidence of the snake, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he does. He's, he and he says something like, "Yeah, there definitely was a snake here. Probably oh left." Oh my god! Yes. Yeah. Go, please. No, no, continue. no. Continue. This is like. I, well, he said. Well, he says. Yeah, it probably left. You know, mm-hmm. nine out of ten times the snake goes back outside, and right. Tim and Jill want to know what happens the other time. And Stephen Root, <laughs> the exterminator, <laughs> launches into this lengthy description of all the places that a snake can hide and spring out of, and all the crazy. Yeah. You know, it's inside in the, of a, a, a teapot. Yeah, uh, or in the toilet, or. Oh my god! As a kid, that terrified the shit out of me, man. That Stephen Root saying that, that terrified that you. Specific moment yeah exactly of like the the it created such a harsh visual inside my brain of seeing a coiled up snake inside of a a kettle like was terrifying to me every time you've come over here to record this podcast you've used the tea kettle to make tea and i sweat it on the inside every time i want to commend you for overcoming your fear you make a scary (laughs) face at it and you grunt (laughs) yeah no yeah, no, that, that, that was, was good. That was good. No, I. Right. My, my, Thank you for the encouragement. I needed it. My fears feel scared by your confidence. Yeah, my yeah. fear is of performance. So. Oh well, there you go. You're conquering it every day. Yeah. That's why. That's why our whole podcast is about <laughs> grunting. That wasn't quite a grunt. That was. That was. It's more like snort work. That was. <laughs> uh, snort work is just going to be me snorting. Yeah. No. Snort. Snort work is our is our uh, podcast about cocaine. Uh, <laughs> don't 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 tell the government. That's just yeah. that's just on the DL. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, what else, what else do you have about, is there anything else on, on Steven Root that, that needs discussion or? No, I don't, but I do have something about the other character actor in this episode, but we'll get to that in a moment because it's the next plot point. Uh, oh, so yeah, so, uh, then uh, there's commotion from outside after hearing this, the Cub Scout troop is over, they're all playing in the backyard and uh, come to find out that uh, Brad and Randy have done the death card trick for one of the uh, Cub Scouts, this yeah. uh, little boy who probably is adorable, but but next to Mark, who is just being adorable <laughs> so hard, it's like you can't even tell. Like it's it's like yeah. yeah. So Tim goes out and uh, puts on his good dad hat and comforts this kid and gives right. him the big talk about how. You know, when something's, everyone's, everyone's got a fear, but the way that you deal with it is just you make a scary face and you grunt. And, and he grunts in the process of explaining this tw- right. 24 to 27 times. Holy shit. Uh, also, one thing I'd notice, uh, so they, so he, he takes this kid aside and he sits down with him and is explaining to him and giving this talk about how to conquer your fears, this little Tim monologue. And there's like three or four other Cub Scouts out there. Mm-hmm. 
watching this. And they kind of come over as Tim sits down with the kid. They come over and they sit down around Tim and they listen. Yeah. And what I've no I've noticed this on a lot of, of TV shows where children on TV are just so willing when an adult is saying something that's important to the plot, the kids are so willing to act just of their own volition, sit down around him, gather around, sit mm -hmm. still and listen to what the adult is saying. It's true. Which I don't think has ever happened once in the actual documented history of children being children. Like never <laughs> ne like if if kids are going to sit down and listen yeah. to an adult, they need to be ordered to or threatened or cajoled into doing it pretty much for a group of kids right, to say, yeah. hey, you know that cool thing we were doing on the swing set? Let's stop. That grown-up is talking about yeah, stuff. Right. Let's sit down and let this play out. It might mean something yeah, in 20 if you minutes. Yeah, sit down, I'll give you some gummy worms. or Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like so, I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I commend those kids on their, on their attention. You know, it's because they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have the well, YouTube. They are Cub Scouts. Uh, yeah, I knew I knew a lot of Cub Scouts growing up, and that that didn't uh, li listen. <laughs> a Cub Scout once kicked me in the ass so hard what? that I cut. I don't I don't know, man. They were like they were like playing with with their toy cars at recess, and I went over and asked them some like if I could come play, and they said no, and I said oh okay, and wait, I turned whoa, around whoa, to whoa, leave. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Sorry. Are they so they're not even in a, a meeting? They're just wearing their Cub Scout oh, uniforms to school. Yeah, it's those ones. Are you it's, sure this wasn't like a warrior scenario where they were actually part of a gang? Oh, and uh, they're shit. like, come out the play. Yeah, they had their milk cartons on their hands. Come clunk, out clunk, the clunk. Play. Well, if so, well then I I fell for it. I went out to play. They rebuffed me. I turned to leave, and then I, they kicked me in the. I've never been kicked in the butt that hard. And I've been kicked in the butt a couple times, but that was a really hard ass kicking. I they literally kicked my ass. I do have a very important question to ask. Yeah. What is the percent chance that you had a kick me sign on the back of you? Oh man, that does seem like something that would have happened to me. <laughs> I would peg it at at eighty five to eighty seven percent. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry you got kicked in the ass. Well, thank you, but you're not a Cub Scout. It doesn't mean anything coming from you. I want that kid to to apologize <laughs> to me. And I that's right. We're gonna find you, Jimmy. No, that's that's the kid in the episode. Yeah, you remember the kid in the episode's oh, name? Yeah. I did. I couldn't remember Jimmy's name. I can't remember the name of the kid who kicked me in the ass. I don't remember <laughs> what's your name, man. Uh, Jimmy. Wait. Jimmy. Oh, it's yeah. Jimmy. <laughs> Guess what, Truman? I'm the kid that kicked you in the ass. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> ba, da, 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 da. That's the Kill Bill nemesis theme. It really, oh, I thought it, you were going to commercial. Uh, well, yeah, actually, yeah. First commercial. Yeah. Also, I found a snake skin. Um, just yeah, it's an old condom. So uh, before we go too too much further here, I do want to comment on this kid. Uh, his name is Adam Wiley. He is one of the most prolific children actors uh, that I can remember of the nineties. Wow. He's been in kindergarten cop. He was on an episode of Seinfeld. Who's the boss. Uh, he had a long run on picket fences. He even, uh, he was Dennis the menace when they tried to reboot the show. This kid's like the Gene Hackman of child actors. He's just <laughs> in everything. It's true. Yeah. He's, he's been in, he, I mean, probably was banking on the, the cute kid thing for as long as it, lasted um, and I'm, I'm sure he was banking is he still making is he still doing anything now or is he just retired on a beach or making porns <laughs> uh he is still doing stuff i don't know if it's at the same capacity as he was uh but he was on an episode of castle uh when that was on um probably not is, is he still a child has he got like <laughs> some sort of benjamin button type stasis or <laughs> maybe um he was in uh smurfs 2 Wow. Doing a voice. Uh, I mean, he's still working. He's still kicking it, man. Good for him. Yeah. I just, I, he, he made an impact on me as a kid because, like, when you, you know, at this age when I was watching the show, 
you start to like when you start to see the same person in multiple shows you start to like unravel the the unreality of of movies and television you're like wait a minute this didn't really happen santa claus isn't actually real uh Uh spoiler alert yeah well uh, no no santa claus is real it's tim allen he's he signed some my bizarre magical contract (laughs) son of a bitch i know well hey man you 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 get you you scooped me on disgruntled earlier i got you here fair enough yeah um yeah, that's all. That's all I got on him. So I just he he was a uh, one of the like first recognizable faces I remember as a kid. Yeah. Uh, well, I I never recognize I I never I watched loads of TV and I really had a hard ass time recognizing actors from one show to the next. My parents kind of had to point that out to me. Yeah, you still have. I have to introduce myself every time I come. I, I know. I know. I pro- there's probably something wrong with my brain actually. <laughs> um. So, well, there, there definitely is. I mean, l- what is this podcast about? What are we doing? Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, they, so they go inside. Yeah. Uh, Tim goes to order some pizza. Oh, yeah. He picks up the phone. This episode really kicks in the high gear here. It, it, right here, just in time for the ending. Yeah. And, and a snake pokes its head out from under the light fixture next to the phone. Yeah, it's, yeah mounted on the wall next to the mounted phone. Yeah, and so in the course of, of Tim's 45-minute uh, pizza order, he he <laughs> is he looks outside and he looks at Jill, he looks everywhere but the snake, and then he finally sees it, and a big freak out, all the kids come running in, yeah. and then it's this situation where there's a snake in the light fixture, right, and, right. and Tim has to get it, and he's just given this huge speech about how you have to grunt through your fears. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Oh, sorry. Grunt through your anger. Apparently. I know, I know. That, uh, that look, the table snuck up on me, man. I wasn't <laughs> expecting it to be there. There. So when that snake came out, I had the same thought watching it today that I had the very first time I watched it, which was that's not a real snake. I'm glad we're talking about this. <laughs> and the the first time that snake po- pokes its head out, it looks so fake, but. You can kind of see the tongue slip out a little bit. And I was just figuring that they had just like an air hose in there or something. It it was like a really good prop. Yeah, but... um, Yeah, exactly. And you don't actually see that it's a real snake until a little bit, you know, a few moments later. But... Yeah. Which makes the reveal of it being real all the creepier. Yeah. Yeah, so so ultimately, Tim puts on uh, puts on like gloves and and rips the light fixture yeah, off the yeah, wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He calls the exterminator. The exterminator's too far away to come over, so they have to take care of it themselves. Yeah, and you know he chucks the fixture away, and then he well, you know, first of all, he he rips it off the wall and puts it into a pillowcase that he makes Jill hold. And yeah, Jill's the one that takes it out. Yeah, she she takes it so outside. She, she makes up for her like oh, being yeah. cold and standing on the furniture for a mouse. Yeah, with that act of heroism. No, she hand, well, she handles it well. And then Tim just sits up on the counter right next to this gaping hole in the wall where the where the light fixture was and assumes yeah, yeah everything's fine. <laughs> it's outside. Yeah, that's yeah. almost we exactly. We conquered our fears. We conquered the snake. Yeah, yeah. And then sure enough, the snake pokes its head out. And Brad and Randy... Yeah, of the hole in the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. True. Uh, <laughs> Brad and Randy come in and are trying to warn their dad, oh, there's a snake behind you, there's a snake behind right. you. Right, well, they've cried wolf so many times in this yeah. episode. They put fake snakes in his toolbox. They, yeah, uh, They've yeah. been just fucking with him since yeah. the death card. Also, they, they very quickly, they put fake snakes in his toolbox, but they're like the, the ones that are in... They're the compressed snakes that spring up out at you which typically <laughs> right. come in like a can of fake peanut brittle yeah. i've never seen i don't know where they got like seven individualized coiled up prank <laughs> snakes 
uh, on such short notice. I mean, I don't know if one of them is going to magic school or clown college or something. Maybe that's where JTT disappears to in season hey, seven. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's what his career has been. Like maybe he's doing great. It's just we can't tell it's him because he's got the the makeup and and the red nose. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they, so they they are trying to warn him, and Tim Tim is saying, "Oh no no no, there couldn't possibly be a snake there. Why would I why would I turn my head three degrees to the right and look and see if there's a snake there? There's not a snake, guys." And he then makes a point of opening his shirt, mm-hmm. and the snake he's like, "What am I gonna do? Just open my shirt and let him just gonna let him crawl in?" Yeah, and then the snake crawls in. I honestly look. I didn't know that this was a real snake mm. until they showed the bloops in the in the credits. Oh my god! It yeah, took you all well, the way there. Because okay. I, I just thought, oh, okay, yeah, they've got the snake is just some sort of cord that they're feeding out of there okay. and pulling into him. So I didn't realize they had a real snake that they're <laughs> pushing through a hole onto Tim Allen. Yeah. It just it was. I mean, I'm not like. Were the animal rights people okay with that at the time? Was that lobby not well, as something really? Uh, no harm done to the snake. I guess so. I mean, look, I'm not I'm not offended on the snake's behalf. I just feel like if you tried that today, people would yeah. be like, nope, it's got to be a CGI snake. It's not fair to the snake <laughs> to push it through a hole in a wall. Although I would love to see a modern version of the, the snake done in like the transition animation. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> show, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so then the, the snake uh, crawls into Tim's shirt, and Tim runs outside Freaks screaming. Out, runs outside screaming. He hadn't copter his fear after all. Yeah, well, but in, in the end, you know, the snake, he gets the snake out of the house for what it's worth. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. He is successful at yeah. ridding the snake, just not his fear. Yeah. Well, it's like, you in know. fact, it's probably more traumatizing, and from here on out, he's going to be even more deathly afraid of snakes. Yeah, Tim will probably need a lot of therapy after this, but, you know, just chalk that up to his medical bills. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so then, and then that's, you know, there's a stinger with, uh, where, where Mark gives Tim a little merit badge. The sweetest scene in, yeah. in television it history. Did, it didn't have the same effect on me that it did on you. <laughs> I mean, I thought like, oh, that's sweet of him. But I mean, honestly, the thing I thought was like, wow, he made that, that's a really professional looking snake yeah, merit badge. Yeah, like, like a refrigerator magnet. Is he, is he got like a sewing machine up in his room yeah. or did he just order that really quick from Etsy or what? I, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but Tim Tim opts to share it with Jill. Yes, uh, which I thought was a, a very mature thing to do, since yeah. she is the one that that braved the initial snake in the pillowcase and threw it outside. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then they they uh, and then she says uh, that that he should uh, to to pamper themselves. Uh, she, he should go upstairs and take a bath with bubbles. <laughs> right. And then uh, and then he says, "Okay, bubbles." So. <laughs> Uh, I mean, well, what was that? that was that, that line got me? I don't know why. Was that I your was, best line of the episode? It was, was my yours? best line of the episode, but it definitely got me. Yeah, I'll tell you, my yeah, what is favorite your... moment wasn't a line. Yeah, it was um, the moment when the he knows that the snake is in the light fixture, hasn't torn the light fixture off yet. Yeah, and the kids are all rallying around him, and Randy's being a little shithead, and he's like, "Come on, Dad!" Mm-hmm. You know, he knows his dad's fear of snakes. He's like, "Come on, you can do it!" Mm-hmm. And Tim trying to follow his own advice because he doesn't want to let this Jimmy down uh, and go against what he just told him. He has this, like, internal moment of, like, he just starts, like, perspiring on the inside and you can see it on his... He has, like, this genuine, like... Yeah. It's... I, I want to find a, a gif of it, but... <laughs> or maybe I'll make one. That, that would probably it's, be... It, it's, a, it's a fantastic little performance. And I feel like it, it could be very easily overseen yeah but that was my favorite moment that was good no it was uh i i think i i think 
Both of our favorite. Mine, mine was just the boys with their mouths open <laughs> yeah. in, in preparation for an explosion. Yours yeah. was that. This was this episode was almost bigger on performances than lines. Yeah, I would agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Have you have you got any other any other notes on this snake escapade? Oh, we're at fifty five minutes. <laughs> um. I no, there's just not too much that we haven't covered. Um. Were you afraid of the basement as a kid? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Spiders were my thing. Oh, you were uh, afraid of like uh, real dangers in the basement? Yes, yes, yeah. Tiny, not tiny like bugs. Yeah. The furnace is a monster, Home Alone style. Yeah, not really. I mean, I, I was just generally scared of the dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and I suppose also just murderers and stuff like that. But I still am, I still am scared of that. Just in fact, just last <laughs> night, I'm, I'm currently the the place where we record this is my friend's one bedroom apartment that I'm house sitting at. And last yeah. night about. Uh, 2 a.m. I I heard somebody uh, messing around in the bushes right outside the door. Oh wow! And uh, so rather than peek outside or anything like that, I just kicked the door really hard to hopefully frighten them away. And that didn't seem to do it. So then I turned on the porch light on and off, and yeah. then went and locked myself in the bedroom and hid under the covers. <laughs> uh, well, so you seem like you have a hidden um, a fight response in, in like fight or flight. You fight. I fought the door. <laughs> yeah, but most people would be like frozen in bed and like not moving and like listen until it go. You you took action. Well, I was in the living room when I heard the person right outside the big window in the living room with the curtains drawn. So I decided, let me go to the bedroom with the locking door, but first going to give the <laughs> front door a little kick so they so they at least know someone right. is home and in a kicking mood. Fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. What about you? Did you have basement phobias? Uh, I was pretty much afraid of everything and anything, uh, as a kid. I didn't have any, like, specific basement memories of, of being afraid of anything in there, but if it was, I mean, I definitely had, like, when you turn the lights off, that, that half a second between the light switch and getting upstairs. Oh, yeah. Uh, I definitely, like, had many heart attacks running as fast as I could to get from the basement to the top of the stairs. Builds character. Yeah, uh... (laughs) We'll go with that. Um, <laughs> some kind of character. Uh, that, that's a, probably the extent of it. I don't really have any good stories about it, but yeah, um, well, it hasn't. I, I don't. I'm not afraid of basements now. I can go into a dark one, and I'm friends with spiders. I don't have any problem with spiders. Wow, great. Well, you know, we're going to be recording our next episode in a dark basement to really put this to the test <laughs> and see if Landon's lying to us. So be sure to tune in next week for the basement episode. <laughs> That's right. Truman, I will never murder you. Oh, well, thank you, Landon. I don't want to make any promises just yet because I don't know where the future is going to take us, but I certainly don't plan on murdering you. I appreciate that. Manslaughter, who knows? Assault, maybe. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Thank you for listening to this episode. If you uh, want to rate or subscribe or comment, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, trying to get get us out to all the, the places that you can listen to us uh you can also listen to us on our website which is gruntworkpodcast.com uh we will post additional information hopefully i can create this gif and uh, we'll post some other stuff uh for this episode you can also follow us on instagram and twitter and facebook our um handle is gruntworkpod uh do people is Handle a thing? Or I, I, think, I, I know, like, stuck no, in the 80s? No, Handle's... The, well, they didn't have Twitter in the 80s, so I don't think <laughs> well, you are. obviously. Uh, no, I know Handle were. I think Twitter yeah. Handle is a... Th- that's a term yeah. that people it's, use. It's a trucker term. I don't know if it applies to Twitter. Yeah, well, what's... It, what, and what is our frequency on CB radio? <laughs> uh, what's our call sign? Uh, Mine's Muskrat Susie. What's yours? <laughs> Rubber Ducky. There you go. <laughs>
Um, if you have any questions, you can also email us at info, I-N-F-O, as in information, I-N-F-O, at gruntworkpodcast.com. And we'll try to respond as soon as possible. Uh, with that, we'll see you next week. 10-4 rubber ducky. Mm-hmm.